0: All you gallant, Irish men, and the story I relate, I'll tell to you of the Fenian men who from the foe escaped, though bound with sex and chains in a dark Australian jail, They struggled below for freedom, and for New York town set sail, on the 17th of boys of Uncle Sam And to all the Irish of A float and opinions to a man There's the captain and the Breslin and his crew When challenged by the Emperor's might the stars and stripes he flew Then Breslin and brave Desmond And cut out the and trim For when fast the Then they saw a vision dark and dim. It was the gunboat Georgette on their deck, there's a one hundred hired assassins to shed the patriot blood. My ship is sailing peacefully beneath the flag of stars. It's manned by Irish arts of old and manly Yankee tars, and that dear. And the boys also Uncle Sam And to all the Irish men afloat And the Finnian's to a man Here's to Captain Anthony, Fulbresslin and his crew who, When challenged by the Empire's might some joke on Jumbo's Navy, too. Then here's the Captain Anthony, who well he's mended He dared the English Navy men to fight them on the sea. But John the Boy, his name held high, and all friends to be seen. The flag for which our heroes fought was Ireland's flag of gleam. Here's to the ship Catalpa, Alpha, and the boys of Uncle Sam to all the Irish men float and the Finnian's to a man. Here's to Captain Anthony, all resident and his crew. When challenged by the Empire's might, the stars and stripes he flew. Here's to the ship Catalpa, and the boys of Uncle Sam. And to all the Irish men outflow,
1: Hello, all. Today I'm joined by Kieran and Phelim from the band Catalpa. In this podcast, we'll have a wee chat about the band and, and the inspirations and how they came up with songs, and you'll hear some songs from them. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everyone. We're back on the front of the bus, uh, and straight away I'll tell you we've got three people with us Kieran, Stephen, and Phelim of Catalpa. Uh, take it away, boys. One, two, three,
2: four. One, two, three, four. <laughs> oh sig a ba I miss your ane sir hom the tow ri for day a bra tus Sell-up-mer-duk is to de telesteleste the ri oro sig a ba Oh wa Oro-sig-a-ba-a-wa-ya ya the brawny way to oh they a Monday the thing try it's crunchy, Oh, Rosie, Oh, Rosie, Oh, Rosie, And this year, A for a male joey bee, shot to speed that Aye, Bogart's Oh, ro-shid-a-ba-wa-ya. Oh, ro-shid-a-ba-wa-ya. Oh, ro-shid-a-ba-wa-ya. And this year huck in Oh, ro-shid-a-ba-wa-ya. Oh, ro-shid-a-ba-wa-ya. Oh, ro-shid-a-ba-wa-ya. And this year
1: Brilliant. Fantastic. A bit of live music to blow the cobwebs away. Now, okay guys, getting straight into it. Your three-piece band, how did you begin?
3: Okay, I suppose I'd have to start that off, Paul, because uh, originally the band was a a sort of a a local bar session Mm -hmm. uh, to start with myself and Phil King and John Walsh. And we just started playing in in, in the local bar and, and... then started we decided to buy some gear together, some no, music gear, not <laughs> 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 and then uh, we um we just uh we started getting a few gigs in the local local bars playing around and, and uh then unfortunately Phil left to go to uh got married and left to go down to Limerick. Mm-hmm. And uh John went and did his own thing and slowly but surely then I started to get a bit of a band together and I met Phelan at uh, my cousin's 40th birthday the night before Ireland were playing Scotland. Wasn't Poland. Poland, wasn't it? Poland. And... Uh, 2015. Yeah, we got up and did a song together and I said, actually, that sounds not bad. So we uh, I invited Phelan to come in to the, to the gig before the game and he never played with us before and mm-hmm. thought it him perfectly. And then uh, at the time, Phelan was playing with my uncle's band, but they were sort of pulling back from gigs and Phelan then joined in with us and... Since then, never looked back. And then the bell, Steve over here, joined. Uh, I've seen a couple of videos of him on the internet, and he looked like a bit of crack.
4: <laughs> his videos
3: were very <laughs> funny on YouTube. And they said, that's what we need. We, as a band, we don't take ourselves seriously as such. Like We're serious about our music, but uh, we don't uh, have any airs or graces about what we do or play, and uh, just enjoy ourselves. So Steve slotted straight in, and he's been in here torturing us ever since. <laughs>
1: I mean, you've obviously got that kind of synergy as a band, but do you think you need that as people as well to make it work?
5: Uh, definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you can't you can't fake uh, that kind of vibe. So you know, we have to get on with each other when we're playing. Um, I've known Kieran for many many years before I joined the band, um, and I was on well with Kieran. Um, and when when I joined Catalpa then in twenty fifteen, you know, that just it gave me an extra. Sean the making all these drug references twice already. Uh, <laughs> it gave me a real boost, I should say, um, to keep playing music as as Kieran said, I was playing with his uncle's band called the Freer, and actually in fact we we played in Finnegan's Wake in Edinburgh several times during oh, like yeah. the mid nineties. Yeah. yeah. Um and then yeah, so and then when we when uh, Steve joined us just over two years ago, And um, he just slotted in there seamlessly so, Like so, you know, we, as well as musicians we're, we're, we're good pals and we had a laugh and you yeah. know, that's that's that to, that's definitely the key to keeping the band together is just is having the crack and having enjoying ourselves. And we do, we always enjoy ourselves when we're, when we're together, be it, you know, in a, in a bar with four people or in, in the barlands of 2000.
1: No, it makes yeah. no difference. We, we, we have, we have fun, that's, that's what it's all about, you know. I think a lot of people do like I, when I've done um, talking stuff for films and that. A lot of people get really conscious of the crowd for me. But I always say them, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're talking to five people or 5,000 people, it's still the same buzz. I mean, is that the same for you? Do you prefer, I mean, you've obviously done the Barlands, but would you prefer um, smaller, more intimate gigs or the big raucous ones? Um, I think we prefer the big raucous <laughs> ones. We've, we've, we've played
6: in bars where there might be four or five farmers with their backs to us, <laughs> 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 ignoring us. So we go to somewhere like the bars. So we, play, we, play, you know, we play one of the big, the big games and... Uh, it's, it's always fun, it's, it's always fun. One, one thing I will say about the guys is, as musicians, they never panic. I've never I've never seen anybody so calm and collected mm-hmm. when it comes to gigs. Very, very laid back, very easy going. So, you know, we, 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 I, I think given the choice, we prefer we, the bigger gigs, I think. But that, that being said, though,
3: if, you, if you're at a gig where there's like 20 people and they're getting right into the music, well... You know that for me would be just as good. Very as, much agree you know. with that, yes. Obviously, the Barrowlands is just a, an absolute buzz. Very plain city west, and mm-hmm. in, in, for the 2016, for the 100th anniversary yeah. of the, the ride. Yeah. You know that was that was such a buzz and yes. just such a momentous occasion as well. But yeah, I mean, as long as the crowd are enjoying themselves well.
1: And that sets us up to enjoy ourselves, like you know. Once they're not throwing things up at us, Paul, I think we're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good sign. Now, I've actually been a um, Fremantle Prison as a visitor, I might add, and um, so I know the genesis of the name. But could you l- tell our listeners about the name Catalpa itself? Yeah, but well, you, know, you take the, well, the, you been the Fremantle? yeah. I was there myself, Paul, in twenty seventeen um, in Fremantle Prison. I did the tour and.
5: Uh, I was at a family wedding, and my sister-in-law lives in Perth, so I went down to Perth for a weekend. And um, yeah, um, so I was lucky enough, I was to say, to, to visit Fremantle Prison, and I went down to Rockingham for the Casalpa uh, where the monument is. Yeah, and um, but yeah, for for people who mightn't be um, familiar with the story, the um, in in the eighteen seventies, um, there were some Irish prisoners um, had been sent there by the British to the Fremantle Prison. It was known as the establishment, and it was a very uh, it was very grim and very, uh, very difficult um, prison yeah, conditions, yeah. and some uh, Irish prisoners had written to um, to America, to to John Boyle O'Reilly, I think, wasn't it? They, they wrote to John Boyle O'Reilly to to basically come and get us. We're going to die in here, mm-hmm. and uh, escaped, and he, yeah, John Boyle O'Reilly, had escaped, and um, so a plan was was hatched to bust the six Irish Fenians out of uh, Fremantle mm-hmm. prison. And they, they took a sh- an American whaling ship, which was called the Catalpa, um, which was uh, captained by an American named Captain George Anthony. Mm-hmm. And he was the only person on the boat uh, who knew about the plan. Um, the, the crew knew nothing about it. So the Catalpa sailed from uh, Massachusetts um, to, the to the Azores. And then. That's when Captain Anthony told the crew. And that's where Captain Anthony told the crew of the Azores of the plan. And then um, they. They arrived then at, uh, at Rockingham and a Forge Key um set, got the six prisoners out. Um they were then taken by horse and carts from Fremantle Prison down to Rockingham Bay. And that's I've done that journey, as I said, when I was paying uh, yeah. the visit and to do a horse and cart must have taken a, a very long Fire. time. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the prisoners boarded the, the ship and the uh, Catalpa and they were sailing off from Rockingham and by that stage the um the authorities had got wind of the, of the of the escape, and there were a ship was chasing the Catalpa, uh, a, um, a British ship was chasing the Catalpa. And Captain Anthony pointed to the stars and Strikes and said, "That's a, an act of war if you open fire on this ship." So that there, that ship sailed back to back to to Rockingham, and the Catalpa sailed back to the, to Massachusetts with the six Fenians thankfully aboard and free. So that happened on Easter Monday in eighteen seventy six.
1: I mean, that, that's fantastic. And talking about, you know, we're talking about live gigs and stuff, do you find singing the songs, you also tell the stories of the songs, do you find that as as enjoyable as actually singing the songs?
5: Sorry,
1: pop, repeat that again? I said, when you're singing songs, you're, you tell stories of the songs as well. Do you find that as enjoyable as singing the songs?
3: Telling the stories?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well...
3: Uh... I guess the, the song is a story and, you know, you're... I wouldn't say I, I, I like telling stories. <laughs> you know? I just like singing, but the fact that you're actually telling the story of the song, you know, or trying to get that uh, that point across, like when you're singing Joe MacDonald, you you want to sing that with the passion mm-hmm. and power that everyone know the meaning behind the song. You, you don't want to treat it like a. you're just getting on to come through the because I think it Every time I sing it, I try and get into the mind of 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 the you know of Joe and, and how he felt, and get that passion across to people as you're as you're singing it. So yeah. I think that goes down to no matter you know whether you're singing the you
1: know,
3: you know especially all the powerful ballads like that you know that have a story to tell.
1: Yeah, absolutely, you know, the, absolutely. I think uh,
3: I think though, what you might be getting at as well. I think it,
5: for for songs that we've written ourselves, I think it's important that we do yeah. tell the story on before we perform it because you know plenty of people might have heard um, unless people have heard us several times they wouldn't know necessarily know the songs that we've written so it's it's definitely um i think it's definitely important that we give a, a brief a brief uh, resonate the song without going on too long people want to hear music they don't want to hear us talking really um so yeah it's important to, to just outline the the, the background of it, yeah. the it the
1: I mean, obviously, just the last thing on kind of live gigs. I mean, what's been your experiences your li- uh, live gigs? I mean, has there been good and bad, you know, different types of situations, different types of venues, and so on? I'd
6: say, I'd say, in the name, Paul, it's, it's been extremely positive, really mm-hmm. positive. We're, we're quite lucky in that the three of us are we're reasonably versatile. Mm-hmm. So we kinda of cater to most people, you know, so some some crowds obviously enough will want, you know, a particular set of songs. They might want, you know, old Irish ballads, they might want more modern stuff. And the two lads here, not necessarily, they're really good at pulling stuff out of the back. So we can kinda of tailor the set to who are playing, you know, to, to, We we we, we suit our set
3: list to who the actual audience is, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and obviously we've had plenty of bad gigs as well, like you know, where people are just not interested. No, that's not down to the people, it's just down to, you know, that's my people ballots might 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 not be their thing. And in fact we 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 generally tend to cancel them gigs like you had a, we had a we had a place down in Carlo we played on mention the boat's name, but we cancelled the gigs because we just wanted to join them and we didn't feel the people were going to join them like you know so we just it's not for us it's not money. It's it's the love of doing the ballads and singing yeah. the songs and and uh, we just felt, you know, we're not going to waste a Sunday sort of, like, travelling
5: down to carry to people that are not uh,
1: interested in the Yeah, And are wasting the motor's time as well, if they're not into it, there's mm-hmm. no point in this play, they're not listening, so yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I think you, I mean, you, you're always going to have to feed off the crowd, aren't you? I mean, uh, the better the atmosphere, I think the better you're going to play, you know, um, and get involved. Oh,
5: definitely, there's no question about that,
1: yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, and the longer you
5: play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the longer
1: you Yes, enjoying it exactly. Know. All right, let's get into another song then. What's the next one you've got for us?
3: This one we're going to do is a song I wrote uh, a couple of years ago uh, for the uh, No Stone Turned album, and uh, it's a song that I'd always imagined what would would have been like to write a song with Bobby Sands
4: because
3: mm-hmm. he's such a great, such a great poet. In fact, today I was only reading his Crimes of Castle Ray," which I took the to two verses. Uh, uh, from this uh, for the song uh, so just so I could say I, I wrote a song by Bobby uh, mm-hmm. I sort of just uh, I took the very first verse that he wrote after Grand Castellarie as the chorus because it just I think the words were so powerful
4: yeah.
3: and then um, I just added to my own just to get in the mindset of Bobby when he was you know coming to the final days mm-hmm. so I simply called Bobby uh, and and uh, yeah, can we can hear a bunch of it
2: Scratch my name upon the
3: whitened
2: wall of the shaking nervous roll. One sons, what's he writes, wants to leave the world and not. I won't say I'm not too great These were my words to pass the fight. Just this be the last place that I like Shouldn't be in this state This world note I was saying i not too late It's where my words get to testify Should this be the last place that I lie? Should be in this hate block that I die I'll forever will be my comrades pain overcome. So I struck my name.
1: Absolutely phenomenal. Whew, blown away by that. Okay, um talking about like you've obviously done a few albums, um can you talk us through the kind of process of doing an album? I mean I know I mean my, my favourite album of yours is No Stone Unturned and particularly the title track has just you know captures a seminal moment in Irish history, I think. But um kinda of how does the protest start the process start in making an album right through to it actually being released?
5: Yeah, well, um, the first album we recorded um, that I recorded with Kieran was the when we we did um, Rise for the Twenty Sixth for the hundredth anniversary of, of the Rising. Um, we had i we had a a mandolin player with us named uh, Stephen Collins, who's a Glaswegian lad, and um, we also had the uh, Ray Ray Donnelly on drums with us, and uh, we had a, a, a few musicians uh, helped
3: us on it. We probably rushed it a little bit. I think, Karen, we we just wanted to get it out really. Mm.
4: Um,
3: we did rush it, yeah, because we were we were, we had to have it ready for Easter. and Easter was early. That uh, it was I think it was the week after Patrick's Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, so we had to really rush it through, and we didn't really think <laughs> through the the, pro- the process. Mm. And because it was our first album as such, we were a little bit naive mm. in how we were doing things and how. Now, that's not to say we're not we're not. Proud
5: of we are. I mean, it was, oh, you know, yeah. It was a good, it was a good album. But we, we knew we, there was more in the in the tank definitely yeah. that we yeah. could do better the next time. Yeah.
4: Um,
5: so when when we went to do an Australian On then, and um, which was two thousand and eighteen, um, beginning of two thousand and eighteen, we started. Uh, luckily, we were able to call on Keith Connolly, the um, the producer who's done so many of the Wolf Towns albums and CDs and all that and musical arrangements, and it was a real education for us to work with, with Keith Um he, he produced the album up in his studio up in County Loud in Denore and um he really he, he was a, a hard hard taskmaster, it's probably a bit a bit drastic, but he, he was such a perfectionist, he was such a professional that his his ear was so good that if, if we if we had a note out he'd hear it and we'd yeah. do it to take again. Yeah, uh, be it playing the instrument or singing, he, he was so he was so in tune with, with what he wanted us to do. And it definitely made us and uh, made me a better musician and a better performer, I think. Spending the weeks now, as you were asking, the process it's it's very laborious part. It's, it's, mm-hmm. sl- it's slow. It takes mm-hmm. time. You have to get it right. Uh, you have to get your time spot on. It can break your balls at times because you, you're in. You're, you think you're doing a great performance and you hit a bad now and fuck, we're back to square one with it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's 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 quite humbling at times because you think you know it can just to take it. You can just fall to pieces with one mistake and you got to start again. Mm-hmm. So it's quite it's it's a very long process, but. As I said, we we had we were so lucky to work with Keith. We'd great fun with him as well as he worked as hard, but we great fun with him. And um, we were in expert hands, and uh, I think it told in, in the production that we're very proud, we're yeah. extremely proud of Donald Turnham, and thank you for your comments about it, because uh,
3: it wouldn't be the 10th of the album without, without Keith's input. Into it. I think yeah. that's very common. Oh, definitely, and, and then we were very lucky that at the time Steve joined us then, and he yeah. was able to throw a lot of uh, his uh, banjo and double bass and a bit of everything on it, you know, Steve's quite talented even though he no, won't admit saying. it. Yeah, just know, but, uh, yeah you, you know, there's times when you're, you're doing it and you're going, geez, that's silly, and then people go, nah, do it again. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> <for yourself>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's quite frustrating when you're going, geez, I thought that was great, like, you know, how am I going to get that better? Yeah. But he yeah. just, you know, and, he'd work, and then if you feel you can't get it, he'll, he'll make you take a break, you know, let's go have a cup of tea, like, you know, and, then you take your mind off. then you go back in again, you're all fresh and ready to go, you know. So I mean, it's, it's, it, it definitely was a learning curve and I definitely think uh, we all
1: enjoyed it, something we all enjoyed it. I think, I mean, from my perspective as a fan, like No Stone Unturned, I think you moved up to a, a new level. And then, as I said, particularly with the title song, I mean, for people that don't know, could you tell people the genesis of that song title and, and what it's about?
5: Yeah, for sure. Um... And again, thanks for those comments, Paul. Um, when we did um, the New Year gigs 2017, we were playing City West before the Wolf Tones, which, mm-hmm. is, which we did three nights there. And then um, we met this guy from Lock and Island. Um, yeah. or, well, he, I'd rather, he, he sent us a, a tweet um, just to say how how, um, how much he'd enjoyed the gig mm-hmm. and our performance. And he told us he was from Lock and Island. So I just happened to email him back. Thanks for the email. Guy uh, are from Lock and Island. Awful! Of what happened there in, in nineteen ninety four, and um, he was he he wasn't actually living in Knockan Island at the time. He only had moved there. Yeah. But um, he was obviously very familiar with with the the high the killings in in on the eighteenth of June. Um, uh, the punters were watching the match in the high splash in, the in Island, the World Cup match between Ireland and Italy.
4: Yeah.
5: And UVF gunmen put us into the pub during the match and they they murdered six innocent men and injured many more and. Um, when after I'd finished emailing the labs, uh Paddy Casey, is now actually from from there, uh, he we I just said to Ciaran we should write a song about the the High shootings, mm-hmm. and um, that that's, that was really it. It was just that we met a, a guy who lives in Knockan Island, and just the, the idea was born. Let's write a song about, about what happened, and uh, we 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 just worked on the song, and and um, we liked it, and we recorded, and that's we decided to call the the album No Stone Turn.
1: Yeah, and it's
3: but it was fair for changing as well, Paul. Like we, um, we, like we, we, sort of, the way the song, when me and said Phelan write a song together, is Phelan sort of gets all the words together and sends it to me, you know, and then I sort of put a music to it, or, you know, I might need to change it a little bit to put, but not very, very much. And uh, even then when we got into the studio uh, on that song, we changed it just before we recorded it uh, Mm. because we, we had to probably have too high a tempo. I think it was yeah, hard to say yeah. You know, and and Keith then had his input. Said, "Look, let me slow this down. It's it's too rushed, and it's not getting a point across. It's not yeah. getting the story across." You know. So yeah, it's it's, it's the song was always evolving, right? You know, it is always mm-hmm. evolving, um, and it's a uh, it's a good process. In actual
5: fact, our first performance of the song "Paul" was in Lochinvar and GA Club. Wow. Um, we we got we got invited to, to play a gig up there, and. Yeah. Um, We'd been working on the song for for a few weeks, then, and it was still very kind of raw. Um, but it, so our first performance of it was in Lock and Island GA Club. Um, we were quite obviously very nervous performing it, but um, we got a we got a standing ovation from the the, the people who attended the gig, and uh, it, it was probably as close to tears I've ever been after performing a song It was uh, it was incredible. Um, you know, that gave it, again that gave us great confidence. That, yeah the song was was you know could could stand on its own feet as it were at the, yeah. the people of left and island gave us that gave that reaction that really gave us a, a big boost in confidence that the song was was uh was, was worth writing and worth performing so um uh, so it was fantastic and um,
3: yeah i actually had to turn away from this, the crowd because i actually welled up with tears and yeah. uh, <laughs> from the, re- the reaction we got and uh just it was just the most emotional night i ever had anyway, that, being on stage, like you know, it's just to to have that. Because uh, I think we need a lot of uh, trepidation before we we got on stage. You know, to be playing to the families of people, you know, friends and relatives of people that been Yes, yes. And uh, it's you're sort of putting yourself out there, you know. And we we didn't really practice it that. No, that way. Well. I think no. we, we had maybe two. I was still reading some of the lyrics off a piece of
5: paper because <laughs> uh, you know we ha- we hadn't we hadn't performed enough times. You know, we hadn't performed anywhere. Apart from a couple of rehearsals, so it was still very yeah. much a work in progress. But we got through it, and uh, the people, as I say, gave such a great reaction. It was, uh, it was all worthwhile, really. Yeah, the people there were lovely, yeah. fantastic. And you know, we we met them a couple of times when, when we released the album. Yeah, we 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 drove. We were heading up to um to play in Belfast, and we stopped in Luckin Island to to hand out you know the album to to the people that like we met. Emma Rogan and um, Paddy McRainer, and picking up you know, Vic, you know um, Adrian. Um, and they have a great pint of bass up there as well, so that's why we saw this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Aiden, 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 the barman, who still has a bullet in, in, in his kidney. Aiden O'Toole was the barman in the heights, and he still has a bloody bullet in his kidney. And,
1: uh, just lovely people, Paul, well. just fantastic yeah. people and, and great, um, just very just genuine, but still hurting people, grieving people. They haven't still haven't got justice, like you know. And that's why I think he's deserved enormous credit for Spotlight and something that happened, you know, so long ago in 1994. that as the world moves on and the kind of continual and continuous oppression of the Irish people, you know, throughout the history and stuff like that, is more and more being unmasked, you know, and so I think it's really important that guys like you have given people these voices because that's what you do, you give people a voice, you know, where, where <coughs> they feel like mm-hmm. they don't have one. Okay, before your next song, I just wanted to talk about your um, musical influences. Now, obviously, Kieran, you you've got a huge link to the Irish Beatles, Let's not kid ourselves on here, um, but other than perhaps your father and uncle, what kind of influences uh, your music? The
3: music that I play, or the music that I, I listen to?
1: The music that you play. I mean, are you? I mean, for example, one of that one of my personal highlights. you lockdown was listening to you sing "Imagine" by John Lennon on his birthday. I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. Have you got more of that kind of stuff in your armoury?
3: I do, yeah, I, I, I think, as I say to the lads, I don't take myself seriously, like, and, and we, had, we had the bandwagon bus out on Gay Pride Day here in Dublin, and I, I sang, there. Uh, I will survive. I will survive. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, that was bizarre, but it was brilliant, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: I, I, I mean, I have so many
3: musical like, growing up, as, you know, we dragged around the roads when my dad was playing yeah. in, in Ireland during the summer, so... We sort of had no choice but to go to their gigs, and you'd see so many of it, because like we'd be away. Like Wednesday, we'd be in Chop Forgo, and Galway, Thursday, we'd be in the Glen Eagle and Killarney. Friday, we'd be in the Two Mile in Limerick. Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday, you could be anywhere in Ireland, like, you know, depending, because they were the big nights. Yeah. So, if there was any chance of any other music on the road, like, especially the Glen Eagle, we got to see, like, some great people now that you didn't appreciate when you were younger, but we got to see, like, the likes of Sunny Knowles,
4: and... Mm-hmm.
3: John Poland and all these people that you know you didn't Danny Danny uh, Doyle. Danny Doyle, yeah. All these people that you just you know you, you didn't appreciate back then, but you wished you had to take more interest. Like when the Wolf Holmes were doing the Shimsh Kush Lee down in Cork for the, the parky keep in the in the GA when they, they, I, I met Don McLean, I met Chris Chris and I met oh. I met somebody that, that I just didn't appreciate when I was younger, like you know, it just it just all went over my head. You know? <laughs> so so what I, about your... what... I don't have a, I don't have a, a, a genre, but every every bit of music influences me. I guess.
1: What yeah. about yourself, Phil? I mean, are you, are you influenced by anything in particular?
3: Yeah, I
5: suppose again. Well, my, my my um, I come from an Irish dancing background. My my, my mother is Brenda um, basketball. She'd be well known in the Irish dancing circles mm-hmm. in over in Scotland and up in the north and yeah. here in Ireland now. She She's eighty four now, so she doesn't teach anymore. But so I, I was I was listening to Ria's and Jigs from, from the cradle, really. And my, my dad played a bit of guitar in, in um other groups, you know, my dad wrote a good And uh, so but again, like Kieran, I I, I, I other than heavy metal and stuff like that, I I don't really have any interest in that, but I'd have an interest in any music that sounds good to me. But it was it was pretty much the the, the Irish music flavour. Um I played in a traditional band when I was 18, 19, for a couple of years from the lads I'd met in Irish college. And um, so it was always about the Irish flavour, the trad and then got interested in, in, in the Furies and the Dubliners. Um and then my older brother Kevin, he was playing the Wolf Tones albums and I started listening to them and I thought they were the Wolf Tones gave me a, a completely different um outlook on, on Irish music and, and the the you know, the these wonderful songs written by Kieran Stad, you know, such mm. as, you know, Joe MacDonald and and yeah. uh, the amount of songs that Brian have written that are so just so influential and they're just they're so thought-provoking and they're so wonderful that you can't but admire them and start singing them and then to when I joined the three-wheeler the sound Kieran's Uncle Noel in 1992 so I played for 20-25 years with them so I've been playing ballads for 28 years now and I love them and then certainly since joining Catalpa, now I've got a Far more interested in in uh, rebel music than I would have. I would have enjoyed listening to them, but, but performing them and learning so many new rebel songs with you yeah. has been a real education to me and a very important education. Because I'm kind of I'm not proud that, that I knew so little about the troubles until, um, in the, in the last five or six years, having met these people like the Loughin Island people, like the Irish supporters from from Belfast and yeah. dirty and others like that. It's only when I met these people. That I, I realised how little I knew, or how little was 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 told by the media down here, by the, the the TV stations, the radio, the newspapers. We we were given one side of it, and maybe it's my fault for not finding out more. But I've I found out more in the last five years of, of playing music with with Ciarán and meeting these people. I've learned more than five years than I did for the previous forty five years of my life. So and it's I suppose better late than never. But but um, that's why these songs we have to keep putting those songs out there and keep singing them and fuck the be crushes really and, and fuck these people who are offended by them because yeah. they're great songs and they need to be they need to be sung and people need to know both sides of what was happening
1: mm-hmm. in the 680s. Before I come on to you Stevie just you just made a great point there feeling that one of the things that pissed me off was I've seen a clip a couple of years ago of Ryan Turbody talking up Rod Stewart singing Grace and saying Oh, uh, well, it's fucking fantastic that these people are singing uh, songs of our ballads and I'm thinking, are you fucking serious? Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly, yeah I mean, yeah. My, my, my political education started by listening to Wolf Tone's albums, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. hearing, as, as Phelan said there, a different side of the story you know, through what mm-hmm. the propaganda um, that you were fed over here, obviously But Stevie, what about yourself? Who were your musical influences? <laughs>
6: This is this is this is where the interview goes all along. <laughs> 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 but I I, I I'm i quite recent to playing kind of certain rebel mm-hmm. rebel songs and kind of, I would have grown up in kind of nineteen fifties rockabilly on lead guitar and then on onto double bass and kind of swapped over to bluegrass band five string mm-hmm. band, just playing a lot of bluegrass mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of moved down to County Clare, on the west west side of yeah. Ireland right here. It was kind of the homeland of, of tramp music, as it were, and met a lot of lands down there. Playing guitar and a backing of bands, and then I was doing various shows and stuff, and just, just slowly but surely moving towards Irish. I joined a couple of ballad bands and discovered, yeah, yeah, this, this, I like this. This this is fun. And I've, I've been more or less playing Irish music ever since. <laughs> so <laughs> like, 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 I, like, I came in the long way so. around.
1: It's horses for courses, isn't it? All right, so what's the next song you have for us? Well, I don't think we'll do No Stone, we? We'll yeah, well,
5: yeah, it. Yeah, well as you've pick up to, uh, No Stone, Paul, and uh, Brilliant. As, you're the, as you're the host, we'll do this one for you. Fantastic. Um, this, the song No Stone unturned Turn, and we call this, and um, again, just to uh, to try and explain to people who might not have heard the song or the, the story, we call it the song No Stone unturned Turn because uh, one of the... RUC you seen um, said they'd leave No Stone in Turn to find the perpetrators of the... Yeah. Birds and then, um, as the family said, they probably haven't even lifted that stone yet. So, um, there's, there's no stone Steve. That's the uh, D minor, yeah. D minor. Second now, <laughs> See,
3: we don't think that's
1: seriously. We don't even know <laughs> the but... The fans okay. love all these wee bits, you know, the wee bits before it.
2: Okay. <laughs> In the years 94, on the 18th of June, Artists folk bands were in the late afternoon. The ice crew was within, locked in, I had come down. Evil was lurking, I couldn't find a ground. There was traffic <laughs> in New Jersey, I dragged out the store. The fire became a dungeon at the fire shooter shoot When two strangers entered in white boiler suits, six men were scarred as they began to shoot, we got to shoot. Forces colluded to keep on the fight. To find the flames of hate between the orange, green, and white. When all sides for justice, for truth, they sit here. Where is your promise to me? No stone unturned, no stone unturned. No stone unturned. The family fought for justice from an awful smash tank. Suspects were known to be men Then Hutchinson claimed no collusion exists. What I call blue, the report be dismissed. The word for both said collusion was right. And lied to cover those who took innocent fights. When a government admitted that he had done the deed. He was arrested. I questioned. I came for they to When all signs for justice or true are truth things to yearn, where is your promise to leave? No, no stone unturned, no stone unturned, no stone unturned. Time to grant green, I need you, you're for born a murder by your system that was broken. Malcolm can along with Patsy O'Hare Will finally find rest when the truth is made there Remember these men who were lost in the heights God bless the families who still fight for their life This confusion began, our murder touched rain And the people of also were the ones who fought the pain For the pain Brings forces colluded to keep on the fight To fund the flames of hate we need orange, green and white When all sides for justice, for truth they sit here Where is your promise to leave? No stone unturned, no stone unturned No stone unturned no The Eagle bar in class, he's in the county, all high Double and foundings that left an open star. Miami, Miami show bar and his bar and the works. Ten gang was samples of collusion work. They said that Patrick Newton was in the IRA, so they sent him the assassins to take his life away. The white spark cares to everyone known, the lawlies existed and their actions were no work undone. They work
4: undone.
2: Found the flames of hate between the orange, green and white. When well, all strikes for justice or truth they still yearn, where is your promise to be No stone unturned, no stone firm. No stone unturned. No stone firm. No
1: stone unturned. No stone unturned. No stone unturned. Absolutely brilliant. Honestly, that was like having the Rolling Stones in my living room there. Fucking hell! Amazing, amazing. All right. Well. <laughs> well, we'll <keep> <laughs> up. <laughs> up. <laughs>
6: oh, not having a
1: drink though. <laughs> ah well. <laughs> so. People won't know because they can't see this, but you're currently sitting on the bandwagon bus. Um, Obviously, this current pandemic and uh, COVID situation has made it a pretty harrowing time for musicians. I mean, can you tell us the idea behind the bandwagon bus and what's been like to be musicians in this time of lockdown? (laughs) Dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. really is. You
6: find... I find find, you, you miss... You miss actually playing with other people, playing music. I mean, it's fine to kind of sit at home and do kind of broadcasts, which yeah. are your whatever it is, you know. But you kind of miss the interaction with other musicians, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the interaction with other people. Yeah. Um. I, I, I find that I kind of was walking away from music, that it was, I just really didn't want to kind of play music anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the, my, my part of a banjo. <laughs> this, this has been sitting in a case since our last gig. I just no interest in playing fiddle play string. Play hey, ukulele, all right, as, as as a new challenge to learn. But like, I don't know if the lads would agree with that. But I just find that kind of hmm, it's not the same. It's not the same playing music without the kind of
3: dynamic of having people around you. You know. Yeah, yeah I I would agree. I'm doing the Facebook gigs. It's just it's, it's just not the same. I actually find that like at the best of times I I can get quite distracted. You know, I'd be like looking at the crowd and looking around and seeing to crack, mm-hmm. and then I go, geez, what am in the song? Like the light you know, up walking without it again, you know, he's he's gone daydreaming. But uh, on Facebook, like when I'm doing live Facebook gigs, like I find myself reading what people are saying and I go, oh, shit. <laughs> "And I don't have the last like, <laughs> up so so I end up looking like a complete conquer. <laughs> so so I just stopped doing live Facebook gigs and then i just uh, record songs, you know, and then up. You know, that way I'm not distracting myself. But I hate it. Having said that, we are doing a bit of, face, a of Facebook
5: now after we finish with this part. So um, while, right. while we're together, we might as well play a few tunes anyway. You know, absolutely. Um, but but look at you—you're, you know, uh, we're, we're lucky enough. The three of us have had the day job, and um, for, for for musicians who who, who that's their, their their bread and butter. It's I can't begin to imagine how difficult that's been, and um, for, for for you know for our musicians, it's, uh, it's horrendous. Um mm. so. But we we really do miss miss the gigs. We we did a gig three or four weeks ago before, before the restrictions were were put in, and we were playing down in Arclow Frank, Cullen, Frank Cullen's gang down there, and um it was, to, yeah. it, was to get, it was it was brilliant to get together to to, to play again as a trio, uh,
4: yeah.
5: and interact with with with
3: customers and wonders again. You know and see yeah. their reactions, the see gigs. the reactions, yeah. yeah, because everybody's mad for the gigs. Like you know, just it's and it looks like we're going back into lockdown over here, and, yeah, and. Um, you know, full lockdown, uh, started just talking about it today. So it looks like there'll be no gigs now, probably for six weeks. Mm-hmm. So it started killing us, at least when we had the bandwagon, like we were playing a few gigs on it, like, you know, and, and they're a great crack that. So like oh. when, you, when you eventually get over here, Paul will get you on board, but Definitely. it's just a great crack, and it just... When we first did it after the lockdown, if you could see the smile that mm. we had gone around Dublin, like, because the white wouldn't be very known, well known, because we only started it just before COVID came, like you know, and uh, so when we brought it back out of the streets and almost put a smile on the on the street of Dublin. That's what I have to say. Like we will, cause you can see a lot of the people's reaction as the bus goes by because it's quite loud, like right, you mm-hmm. know, we have a fun way. Uh, pull in here you know for speakers full on you can so uh, really put a smile on the back on the city I put a smile on our, our faces as well just to see it. Absolutely, yeah. it's
1: just a shame you I know, know alright really well before we wrap up and we get your last song I've got a nice easy question um, to end the interview Kieran I'll start with you Where, when's Ireland going to be united? <laughs> I
3: definitely think it's closer than it's ever been Yeah, you know and I think with Brexit, it gives it a great opportunity uh, for that. Um, obviously, if there's a lot of dialogue needed, like you know, as much as we we we'd like it to happen straight away, you have to consider both sides of the community up, up there. Like you know, mm-hmm. no matter what, what we think. Um, so it's never going to work if it doesn't include both sides of the community. And one thing we don't want to go back to is going back to where we were, you know, 20, 30 years ago, where yeah. it was bombing and killings, and you know. Uh, so, I don't think it'll
6: happen in my lifetime. You know, not the way I'm feeling at the moment. You <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah,
3: hopefully, you know, I, I could see it happening within 20, 25 years. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm not saying I won't be around, but, <laughs> you
1: know. <laughs> I mean, there seems to be, fairly a consensus in Scotland that Ireland will be united before Scotland will be independent purely because of, I guess, the, the the will to have it united. You know, we, we have, I have an expression for people in Scotland that there are people in Scotland who would rather live in a British pigsty than a Scottish palace. And we have to deal with that amount of people, whereas I think, economically, as Kieran touched on there, things have changed dramatically in the north with Brexit and stuff, you know? Yeah, it has definitely,
5: as Colonel said, and the Brexit seems to hopefully would, would accelerate the, the process towards you know learning that obviously it's it's what as as nationalists and republicans we, we would want that obviously mm-hmm. to happen. But there's 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 a lot to be said and when you have when you have them, when you have some of our politicians who still seem intent on on you know, not not allowing um constantly knocking Sinn Fein about everything whether you are the Sinn Féin supporter or not, it's pathetic, really, that so many of our government ministers and government politicians put the boot into Sinn Féin about the weather, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and when you have a former Minister for Justice, Charlie Flanagan, uh, in the last couple of weeks, questioning the the um, trustworthiness and, and character of people who were interviewed for the um, Unquiet Graves movie, yeah. um, this the kind of you up against yeah. And he has been taken to task over it by by um, Sean Murray and the the, um, the people involved in, in doing quite a movie. But when you have the likes of Charlie Flanagan and Leo Varadkar and these people, um, that makes the process of uniting Ireland more difficult. So it's not only the people that we have that you know the, the two sides of the two sides to come together. But politicians have to start, you know, becoming a little bit. Um, Less uh, hateful, less less um, contemptible about it is the word I'm looking for. So, um, so there's, it's a long, a long way to go, a long process. But I'd be, I'd be confident it's coming. But as Ciaran said, it, it, it might be in, in our. We'd like to think it would be in our lifetime. I'm 54 now, so I'd like to think it'll be before I'm showing up the daisies. So you know, that's, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep we'll keep trying and keep uh, keep I'll keep optimistic that it will happen.
1: I mean, to be fair, you didn't look a day over 53, like so. <laughs> but it's I, mean, anyway. yeah. I think a lot of people are starting especially in this country are starting to understand the kind of Tweedledum Tweedledee governments that Ireland have had over so long and how that establishment is now severely threatened by Sinn Fein, therefore it's you know, every time Sinn Fein opens their mouth it's IRA this, IRA that, and this and that, and you know. Um but as you say, hopefully there's a brighter future and Stevie, I mean you know, if you were playing in uh, Centenary 1916, you might be, you know, the first band up for the, the new proclamation in a new Ireland when it finally unites.
5: That's weird. You, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're asleep
1: there. I'm scared of the river trans
6: chance that I have. I'm <laughs> seeing it in their and like, I think it's very. <laughs> 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 I, I like, I like to think. Kind of, I mean, it, it, exactly, it, exactly as as, as kind of very succinctly put there that there's there's a most definite kind of right-wing bias against any any form of socialism in this country. You know, oh, any, yeah. anybody their head up over the paraffin is, is instantly kicked out by our media. You know, yeah. so yeah. It, it, it's so to sway public opinion to such a degree that it, it, it might happen sooner or later. Mm. I like I can't see that in, I can't see that happening in the next while anyway. We we did we did vote in Sinn Féin as our governments. Yeah and uh, Apparently
1: we got it wrong So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The people have spoken The people are told yeah, you know, yeah So, hey, so what could you, 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 know, exactly. you do Exactly Exactly Alright well I want to thank yous For your time um, People should A know the, yeah, thanks, the, the, thanks, thanks. People should know The lads have done this Through Zoom So the sound quality Of their music Is top notch It's just coming through Speakers and Zoom And all that kind of stuff But um, Until then If you want to take us who with one last song the punters would love it.
3: Sure. Oh, yeah. I'll let Kieran introduce it. Okay, this one we're going to do. We're going to do a Celtic song. Because we have to do <laughs> ourselves up after yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So uh, this this one uh, was one that uh, the Quadrophenians, I heard the Quadrophenians do in the Grand, is it the Grand Classic Grands. Grand? Yes. Grand, and uh And just loved it. Now, I had quite a lot of drink, but just the pair that they had got into the song was just unbelievable. But... I just wanted more of the song, so when I got home, I, I was coming up to the to the anniversary 50, of of, yeah. of the Lisbon Lines, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to bring in all the names of the people that won, you know, were involved in winning mm-hmm. the big cup. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so I just added an extra few verses in just to lengthen out the song and and, and turn it more into a ballad, like quadrupling into an unbelievable version of it. Like yeah. it really is yeah. unbelievable, yeah. full of energy, and I just wanted to tear it back a little bit and uh, make it a sort of ballad ballad version of it and uh bring in all the names of the boys the one that they cut. And I was lucky enough to meet them on the twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, the Wolf Towns played for them before the uh, in the National Concert Hall. Yes. And I had an absolutely unbelievable crack with Jimmy Johnson. I ended up going on the beer with them in dancing and Abbott Abigail's was it? no one, well, Annabelle's, Annabelle's. Annabelle. yeah, <laughs> Annabelle's nightclub. Yeah, wow. Jesus, what a night that was! And I'd written a song about Ch- 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 Chinky Dandy and all this, and I sang it to him that night. He was like, "God, oh, that's a great song! <laughs> I do not have the word, of it I don't know what I did with it. Uh, I had the words on me that night, and I never, and I obviously lost them because I got steam <laughs> drunk, uh, could not remember the words. So, this is '67 in the hedonism one, two, three, four. 2,
2: 3, the And we the out Now it's the Way and the side and the end And the thousand to see the burning bomb. Jump. I'm so different, tears joy, yes. get the tears of joy I see can The mind, the, the, the picture still takes me by the key. Attack, 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 attack. In the heat of i the musket in the fountain This seen will on the ground. Jumping out of 67. In the heat of it, the I'm in the of, see on the ground, jumping yeah. This song, a This <laughs> a oh, play, jump, the jump, but I together with lemons and all. A tall. The team of light like sixty seven. In the of this in the See the Jump sixty seven. In the Fatch him in the thousands, the body come, Sixty in the thousands, see the body the here he big man, what could of a thousand? He's the boy come, jump,